Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. And I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. Hello, and welcome to the official Broad Wasted Podcast, where we're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofsky, and it may be a tough, jagged little pill to swallow, but if you're friends with Aladdin and Hamilton, then there's no way you won't love the new nanny. Doubtfire. However, if the Lion King is right for you, then go to Chicago and find the only thing you need, a wicked good time. Joining us today are the usual members of a chorus line, including Kevin Bombay Dreams Jager. Ah, <laughs> uh, so good. It always makes me think of Aaron. Uh, and Kimberly, give us a best ensemble Tony Game Master, an unofficial babysitter for the hour. Please. Uh, and with us today is someone you may have seen in Aladdin or Merlot Rouge. You definitely saw her in the new movie Ensemble. Let's give a big broad wasted welcome to friend of the show. Friend of the friend show. Friend of the show. Corey Michelle. <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That intro was lit. yeah that's your new bio we're we're gifting it to you as your new bio i'll do it i'll take it great (laughs) if i actually opened up a playable and saw that i'd be like what have you done (laughs) (laughs) well you know they Um, limit our word counts so i don't know if i yeah exactly (laughs) i yeah you can cut it down i give you permission um but thank you so much for joining us we're really happy you're here Uh, but before we get started with anything what are you drinking? What are you what drinking? Are we drinking? You know, I just put a little, a little tiny pinch, pinch, pinch of some vodka in with a little soda. Something like that, you know. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Kevin, what are you drinking? I am drinking um, some tequila on the rocks with lemonade. 
because oh. I had it in my fridge and I was like, all right, that sounds good. Cause I didn't okay. want to, I tried just tequila on the rocks, but I was like, Oh, it's not that bad of a Monday. So I, <laughs> I, needed, <laughs> I needed something. So the lemonade is like a nice splash of lemonade. It's, it's, it's good. I enjoy it. I imagine Kevin like pouring a glass, like pouring a glass of tequila and then finding just the lemonade powder and mixing that in. <laughs> <laughs> like a country time lemonade. Yeah, oh my yeah, exactly. God, lemonade. <laughs> lemonade quotes. Yeah. Uh, Kimberly, what are you drinking? I went to a distillery this weekend. Oh. I got a new bottle of gin. Oh, that's a beautiful <gasps> bottle. Great nine from the Dennings Point Distillery in Beacon, New York. Cool. And Lovely. everything is light blue, so it's my favorite. Uh, and I just have a gin and tonic with, randomly enough, Jay put a little lemonade in here when he handed it to me. Yes. That's so funny. Wow. He was like, we don't have limes. Here's a lemonade. I love it. That's awesome. Um, Ryan, well, what are you drinking? Oh, I yeah, I forgot me. Uh, I'm drinking tequila uh, on the rocks, but the rocks have all melted. So it's uh, tequila watered down, I guess, at this point. <laughs> yeah. Still gets the job done. Um <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. You are officially our first season three guest of Broad Wasted. So, welcome. And the only first guest of season three of Broad Wasted. (laughs) Part one, the part one that is. Um, But yeah, we're super excited to have you. So let's kind of just get started. What's your favorite musical? Ooh, Trixie. Um, I would say probably The Lion King because it was the first musical I ever saw. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, that's great. We lost Kevin we to lost the internet. Sure, he'll be back. And he'll be back. <laughs> but if you don't hear his wild laughter, that is why he just popped out of the Zoom. But um, yeah, do you have you seen Lion King recently? Like, do you still is it is it a st- like like how much how well, I guess my question is like how how much do you revisit it? I've only seen it one other time other than my first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just as magical, but I was yeah. a lot older. I, when I started Aladdin, they'd given us tickets to see The Lion King. Um, oh, like God. sometimes we get tickets to see each other's shows. Mm-hmm. And that was the second time I'd seen it. And I just, I thought it was so incredible. And honestly, I felt, I was nervous to go see it again because it had been so long. And, you know, like that circle of life moment, I just was like, I don't know, my nothing as good as this is the first time. And is it going to be as good? So sure. I was nervous, but it was just as good. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, but I feel like maybe I shouldn't see it again because now it's like, I don't want to jinx it. You know, it sure. was really great both times. And I just, I, I still love it. So I think I'm going to leave it at two. I love it. In the memories for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Leave a couple years. I was going to say, you're so like when you were growing up, um, did you have a movie musical that kind of got you started? Was there, was it just like community stuff? Was it through school tours? Like, how did you, what did you, what, what bit you bug wise? Like, where did that come from? Well, I wasn't really a musical theater kid growing up. I wanted to be a dancer. So I was like focused on being a ballerina. That was kind of like what I wanted to do. Um, But when I went to high school, I started doing theater in high school. 
And um, I had a one musical that I had the cassette tape of that I always watched over and over was Little Shop of Horrors. And I still have that cassette tape in my house. Sure. <laughs> and I love it. But the first musical I ever did was Fame. Mm. And I like that kind of, I, the bug bit me in fame. And I was like, this is so fun. Like you get to dance and sing and do whatever, but I still, dance was still the thing I wanted to do. So I didn't really get into the musical theater world in terms of like really, really pursuing it until after college, honestly. So I was sure. kind of like a late bloomer on that front um, because I had to kind of get the concert dance bug out of my mm-hmm. system really like the broke bug because I was broke.com doing <laughs> and I was like bug. I can't live in New York like this <laughs> but I have to sing <laughs> yeah yeah I gotta figure out how to sing so I can make some money <laughs> oh my gosh that's so good <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that tracks <laughs> yeah concert um, dance world yeah so I guess flash forward like what was Let's talk about your because you you were in Aladdin uh, mm-hmm. and and Mulan Rouge. Was that your Broadway debut? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the differences and you know starting uh, being in the 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 cast of some of those, those big musicals um, as an ensemble member. Um, like open what the difference in between opening those show, I guess, I guess there's a huge difference that we're, we'll end up talking about. Um, but just in kind of like your debut versus you have it under your belt and you're opening another big show, um, you know, the, the processes to how, how, how you navigated both of those experiences. Well, you know, with Aladdin, everything was so fresh and new. Like it just, first of all, I couldn't even believe I'd, freaking booked the show because yeah, yeah. non-equity like I went to one of the last calls that they were looking for two they were looking for two more people in the ensemble one one mm-hmm. as a swing and one as um the track that I ended up doing um and I had gone in for the show before made it to final callbacks but didn't get it and I was just like all right I'm just gonna go to this but I'm probably not gonna get it I actually had a flight to go do another regional gig that next day. So I was like, I can't go to callbacks if there are any callbacks. Like, I'm just not getting this. So I'm just going to go and like have fun sure. and live my life. Um, and all of it just felt so fresh and exciting when I did end up getting it. I'm like, it's a Disney show. It's like my Broadway debut. I can't believe this. And we did our out of town in Toronto. So we were out of the country. So that was a huge change between that and Moulin Rouge because we mm. were in Boston for Moulin Rouge. So being out of the country was like a whole nother set of things that we had to deal with. Um, Mm -hmm. with, you know, the housing and all that kind of stuff. And it was winter in Toronto (laughs) during Aladdin and summer during, and Boston during Moulin Rouge, like completely different experiences on that front. Um, And then just the putting up the show though, I think it was equally stressful Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's a lot. It's like you have these two big properties that people um, have all these very high expectations around. Hey, uh, <laughs> Kevin is back. Kevin's back. Welcome back. I got so excited about lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you're drinking lemonade too? And then I just like destroyed my yes. computer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Kevin, that was actually Kevin's corner by leaving. That's real. Continue. Um, yeah, but you know, like both Moulin Rouge and Aladdin are like these beloved 
like cult classics that people are obsessed with. So there's all this pressure and expectation behind these brands and these entities. And, and I felt that as an ensemble member on both (laughs) ends in terms of the creation, right? Because people were, everyone wanted it to be perfect in some kind of way or perfect in terms of the way that their vision was for the show. So there was definitely a lot of stress around that. But for me personally, doing it the second time around, I definitely felt a lot more grounded um, coming into Moulin Rouge as an original company member because I knew what to expect from going out of town. I knew what to expect in terms of like the changes and like how many changes would be happening so frequently. And I also felt really, really comfortable coming into Moulin Rouge because I have worked with Sonia Taye before. I knew her very well. I knew a lot of people in the ensemble. It was very different than my experience with Aladdin because I was the newbie. Nobody knew who I was and I didn't know who anybody was because I was, Mm. like I said, just this non-equity girl who booked her Broadway show. So (laughs) I didn't really um, have the relationships that a lot of people had with Aladdin, but they grew to be my family. Um, But it was definitely a little bit more difficult of a transition with Aladdin because I was leaving the country and leaving my family and not really knowing anyone, you know? So Mulan was easier. And you were traveling on magic carpet for the first time, which is like (laughs) really stressful. Really stressful. Like yeah, as, yeah. as opposed to just like a magical elephant, which is like, <laughs> we all understand that. Yes. But like, it's but yeah, I, I get it. I get it. That's really stressful. Yeah, yeah. It's a very <laughs> stressful ride. Very bumpy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now, was it also a different thing where it was like, did you know, I don't know if they asked this, but did you know Aladdin as a kid? Yeah. So I like... Was it like what a, was Aladdin like as a kid? Was he nice? Was he? I did. He was my bestie. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like with like those songs, some of them are, like are so memorable to us as from childhood. And yes. then you go into a show like Moulin Rouge, where it's like basically all the songs we listened to in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. Yeah, are, like oh. that's ever been written. <laughs> and there's like, and there's like what, like three hundred. Hundred or so, uh, there's like some crazy number of songs. Not that much, Se- seventy-two, <laughs> but still a lot. But it, I'm it's sure like three hundred. I'm sure. I'm, just, <laughs> learn. I'm sure during like rehearsals, as you're cutting things and adding things, it felt like three hundred. Oh, definitely. I was like, oh, that song too. Wow. What has that? <laughs> yeah. What has that been like? Like, like having your Broadway career kind of be these songs that you knew from a different world that you get to perform on like a Broadway stage? You know what's so amazing? No one's ever asked me that question before. <laughs> I've done I've done a lot of lot of interviews and I've never been asked that. So I've never even really thought about Don't it. Don't answer him. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never thought about that, but it's actually kind of cool. Like that's, it's really cool to be kind of intertwined into so much of people's, um, childhoods and also just their growing up, you know, Moulin Rouge, the songs that are in Moulin Rouge, like I have very visceral memories from some of those songs, like mm-hmm. riding in the car with my, riding in my friend's Jeep in high school and like all those different things because those songs just bring up a lot of nostalgia. So it's really cool. And the same thing with Aladdin, like, and I actually have this moment of that I will never forget where we were sitting in a room with Alan Menken. It was myself 
and um, the two other attendants, along with the the uh, woman who was playing Princess Jasmine at the time, Courtney Reed, and we were. Alan was literally writing a new song for us. And I had this whole moment where I was just like, we are literally sitting in a room with Alan Menken. Like he wrote our childhood and we're getting a song written for us right now by him. Like this That's is wild. Crazy. It was so cool. So cool. That's such an awesome experience. Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And- I'm just like putting myself in that room and I'm like, I would shake through the floor like <laughs> like what you do no like, honestly though, yeah that's exactly what it felt like I mean we were all so nervous and he was he's the nicest person ever but it just was like wow I can't believe like he's such a genius and like all of our favorite songs growing up were probably written by him you know yeah. all oh, of them. yeah thousand totally. percent so cool so cool yeah it's so, like I feel like your career is going like elementary school Aladdin Middle school. Well, I was in middle school when Moulin Rouge came out. And so I yes. was like, and then like yes. the middle school, like heart throbbiness that is Moulin yes. Rouge. Totally. So, so much drama. So we'll get you to high school. I don't know what that will be. Yeah. I don't know what that'll be either, but I'm in <laughs> <needed> breath. <laughs> that's actually, that's super interesting. So like, what was the, you, you were doing two shows that mean a lot to people for nostalgia purposes and for growing up and, 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 and and things that they really connected to at certain times in their life. Um, what were the differences in audiences in terms of being in those original casts and like like the audiences well, all those that come children in that go to Moulin Rouge? Well, just the <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, just the idea of yeah, all those babies in the Moulin Rouge audience. <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised how young they go sometimes. I'm like, Fair. oh, she's booster um, seat. Wow. <laughs> but just in terms of like okay. nostalgia reactions from audiences and what you saw and felt and how people responded back to the material within the moment. Yeah. I Mostly mean, the babies. Was, yeah. <laughs> mostly, we want to know what that babies felt about Moulin Rouge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, equally magical, completely different. Like, obviously with Aladdin, there was a mixture of little kids who were just like, wow, this is so incredible. But more so people our age who had a connection to Aladdin because Aladdin is less so the the cartoon that the little ones nowadays are watching. Like they were obsessed with Frozen, right? Like right, Aladdin yeah. was more our generation that are now like, we're going on date nights to come and see Aladdin. So that was actually the cooler thing mm-hmm. was like seeing all these young adults who were coming with their significant others and be like, oh my God, the magic carpet <laughs> in a whole new world. And, da, 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 da. and like the gasps that we would hear every night when the magic carpet would go up. And like, that was that was so magical to experience as, as a part of the cast. And we would hear it every night. Was and- the gasp from the audience or was it from the cast because you realized it was actual magic <laughs> on stage? Every night. Every night. Oh, we, we told you before we started, we would be asking the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> <laughs> the you people make the magic. The yeah, yeah, people must right. know. The people must know. <laughs> they must know how much magic is going on yeah. over there at the yeah. New Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it's amazing. And then with Moulin Rouge, like, and also because the out-of-towns with both of them, because... They were, I mean, Aladdin had had an out of town, like, I guess maybe five or six years prior to when we did Toronto, but no one had seen these properties really ever. So everyone was hearing all the things that we were doing in terms of the arrangements and everything for the first time. 
And so like those audiences, especially in the out of towns were insane, but specifically for Moulin Rouge, because we were so close to New York mm-hmm. being in Boston. So people from New York could just hop on a train and come <laughs> up and literally everybody from New York, they didn't wait till we came to Broadway. They were on that train coming to Boston and the audiences were unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. Like literally mm. every song that came on, people were screaming. It was like, we're at a concert. Like yeah. people were insane and just so excited to hear all of these songs because they had, I think Moulin Rouge had done a really good job of keeping the songs under wraps. So nobody knew what yeah. we were going to be doing with it. Um, and so it was just really cool. And also in Boston, they served you your drinks at your seat. So people were really just lit. Oh yeah, I bet. Before the show even started <laughs> because they had chair service. So yeah, every, everybody all, was Moulin Rouge, literally. Oh yeah. <laughs> they were all the Moulin Rouge. Okay. Oh, yeah, the colors <laughs> of the Rouge cabaret rainbow. tables, right? Yeah, we had the cabaret tables, but it didn't matter. I mean, it was people <laughs> all over well, actually, the town. So I'm thinking, did you perform um, at both Tony's? I did. Uh, tell yeah. us about the difference in those because they were uh, very different. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have been more different, honestly. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Aladdin, we did it the, the standard, um, get on the bus, <laughs> like the crazy day where you have the, you have the show the night before, then you got this crazy early call time. Then you have a show, then you go back to radio city. Then you, you know, it was Mm -hmm. insane. Um, and so exhausting, but again, these are all firsts for me. So I was just like, this is so cool. And I'm exhausted. I don't care. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it was amazing. And like, I, I did, I guess I didn't realize that like how in and out it was. Like I thought we'd be able to like chill at radio city and like do the whole thing. I didn't realize that everyone just performs and they get on a bus and leave. Like it's just, and then you leave. Um, but it was really cool, obviously, because it's radio city. It's like the most iconic place to be. I feel like in New York city. Um, and then with Moulin Rouge because of COVID, we did it live from the theater, which was also its own other thing, because like, I think our shows with Moulin Rouge specifically, it is really hard to do a lot of those shows out of a lot of our performances out of context, because the world really does make so much of it come alive, I think. And like, even just us, the idea of us doing, um, any one of our numbers outside of the space, it just feels weird. It doesn't feel as the same. So I think the fact that we got to do it in our own space was actually really great for us. And it felt comfortable. And considering that we were coming off of not having done everything for so long and like the Tonys was actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was either the same week that we opened or literally a few days later. So we had just gotten back to doing the show. Like we had only been in rehearsals for a little bit. We're all still trying to get our stamina back and like feeling normal in our costumes. And then it was like, here we Mm -hmm. go. We're doing Tony. So like pull up. Um, But it actually (laughs) was great that we were in our own space because I think we all felt more comfortable there. And I uh felt a lot easier to do this huge televised event in our own home, you know? I forgot about that timing, but I think it was most shows opened on like, the 16th or 17th of September, then the Tonys were on the 21st. Yes. Like it really was like a welcome back, everybody. Hope you're in yes. shape. Get on TV. Back to back. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it was crazy. 
Yeah, those costumes don't leave a lot to the imagination. So it's like, <laughs> no, it's like you, you know what else doesn't leave a lot to the imagination. <laughs> oh, no. Tuesdays in the in corner the with Kevin. It's Kevin's corner. That may be my favorite. That may be my favorite transition you've ever made. <laughs> Because <laughs> we've terrified the guest. Okay, well, hey, we'll haven't revealed the fishnet leg. Like I know, I'm like here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Kevin's Corner, the real Moulin Rouge, um, where we are going to talk about whatever I want to because I'm Kevin and it's my corner and I get to make the rules. And it's season three, so I'm going all in and being crazy with Kevin's Corner. So today, I was thinking a lot about menus and ordering. So. What I want to do is we're going to give you the perfect day, meaning not just that it's like perfect weather, but it's that you get to go to restaurants where you walk in and they just have everything you would possibly ever want to order. Oh. And everything is zero calories. So it's oh. so that you don't have to worry about any of that. So it's just your perfect meals all the way through the day. So what you're going to do is you're going to breakfast, but you're going with Kimberly. But Kimberly gets to the re- you guys get to the, re- the restaurant and she's like, I have to go to the restroom to powder my nose. So order something for me. So you know, what would be your perfect breakfast? And based on the little amount of time you've spent with Kimberly, what would you think her <laughs> perfect breakfast would be? Okay. My perfect breakfast would be definitely bacon crispy. I like that we start with the important things. Yeah, yeah, bacon. bacon. <laughs> it must be crispy, no soggy bacon. Okay. We also need a crispy waffle, like soft in the middle, crispy around the edges. Okay. With very hot maple syrup. I'm not really an eggs fan, so really just bacon, the waffle, mm-hmm. hot cup of coffee, and what else could I do? I could do some hash browns of some sort, a crispy potato like that. You like crispy breakfast. <laughs> I like crispy. I like things to be crispy. Love it. I like it. It's like, take your breakfast, just drop it in a fryer, pull yeah. it out. Here we go. <laughs> if it's deep fried, that's even better. I'll do, I'll do that. Uh, I'm all about it. Okay. So that's yeah. your, your breakfast. That's so what do you breakfast. think, what would, what would you order for Kimberly? I would order, I'm feeling like Kimberly's a pancake girl. Pancakes, eggs, sausage. <laughs> All right, we're going to the Hungry Man's coffee. Breakfast. Yes. <laughs> Mostly coffee. <laughs> <laughs> coffee on coffee. That's actually coffee on coffee. But Kimberly, do you, how do you think she did with that? If you came back to the table, that's what she got for you. How would you feel? Oh yeah, I would eat it. <laughs> I would be jealous of the waffle, but I would eat the pancake. You'd be jealous so of the waffle. Okay. You're one for one. So, my waffle. so yeah. you go you go on throughout your day, you Zumba, you decide Ooh. to run through the park and talk to squirrels. It's like a really great day. And then all of a sudden it's lunchtime. You're super hungry. So you go to this incredible new restaurant that just opened up and you meet Brian and Brian's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm so excited, but I have my fiance's on the phone. So just order something for me and I'll be there in five seconds. So now you have to order your perfect lunch and then pick what you think would be Brian's perfect lunch. Okay. I think my perfect lunch would probably be a burger 
with French fries and a big old glass of Sprite. Ooh, solid, solid. And the burger has all the fixings, everything. Lettuce, tomato, onions. Crispy bacon. Crispy bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Get it. (laughs) And I also need the bun to be crispy. Like the butter and then you Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, we want that. And then what do you order? Like maybe you'd have the same thing, honestly. I feel like you could you could really mess up a burger. Yeah, that sounds great. I I would be very happy if that was there. Yeah, yeah. Two for two. You're two for two. Okay, so I would say I would say I'm not a soda person, so I I I would let you have my soda and I just get some water. Okay, that's or tequila. (laughs) 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 Sorry, did I say water? I meant I meant tequila. Tequila, a clear drink. (laughs) <laughs> so you, you go yeah. on with your afternoon you take in a matinee you go to the met and walk around and get inspired by the paintings exactly. you you go to the the river and you paint your own painting and then you uh very artsy fartsy throw it into the water to be giving <laughs> your art back to the world and then you just like oh no it's time for dinner and you run to meet me for dinner at this really upscale delicious new restaurant and so I show up and I'm like, babe, how's it going? I'm so glad to be here. This is going to be soups fun. But actually the Mater D recognized me from Broadway Sid, So I have to go sign an autograph. So while I'm doing sure. that. A very likely thing. <laughs> I, was rec- I was facially actually, recognized. Actually, you get recognized more than anyone else because your laugh is very distinctive. That, that's literally it. I was, I was going to say, I, I got facially recognized from. From a, from a podcast so I'm signing, <laughs> I'm signing an autograph and so I'm like order something for me I, I trust you so what is your dream dinner and what would you order for me okay my dream dinner is a steak um medium well with more potatoes a roasted potato okay and I could do we'll do a veggie so keep it healthy, like a roasted broccoli or a spinach or something like that. I could do that. And also make sure you bring over a, a, a bread basket of some sort. Bread basket. Um, and the answer to do you want more bread is always yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Even, if, even if you don't eat the last time that they bring it over. Totally. It's always yes. Always yes. <laughs> it's never no for the bread. Never. 100%. Never. never. Hmm. What would you get for me? See, what would I get for you? I think I would get you. Hmm. A pasta. Maybe like a bolognese. Oh. A bolognese, like a big old bowl of mayonnaise. Uh, right that's what it, that's what i never ordered it that's what a bolognese means it's a bowl of mayonnaise yeah it's just a big bowl of mayonnaise oh my god ill gross <laughs> <laughs> no just like a meat sauce a meat sauce oh i'm all about a pasta, yeah, with, yeah, a meat a sauce. pasta with a meat except sauce. i only eat tofu and seaweed so try what? <laughs> <laughs> That is not true. That is, oh my god! That is absolutely not far to this thing from true. <laughs> oh my god! That was perfectly like, like, impossible. That's all you need. Right? <laughs> that is all, and that has been Kevin's corner. Thank you, Kevin.
Well done, well done. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that I really do want to talk about is the movie that you're in, Ensemble. It's an independent film um, produced by our friends, Aaron J. Albano and Mo Brady. Um, uh, and uh, it's available actually the 11th of March on uh, Broadway On Demand. So you should check it out there. But before we talk about Ensemble with Corey, here is a message from the delicious friend of the show, Aaron J. Albano. Yum, 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 yum. Thanks, Brian. And aw, that was so sweet of you to say. I'm so flattered. I think your voice sounds sultry, too. <laughs> anyway, hey, everybody. This is Aaron Albano. You may remember me from all of my other episodes of Broad Wasted. Um, but I wanted to come on here to tell you a little bit more about the film that myself and Corey Michelle Pettenout, friend of the show, whom you're listening to right now, uh, took part in last year. It's a film called Ensemble. It'll be on Broadway On Demand this Friday on March 11th. And I could go on talking about it for hours and hours and hours, but I think you'd appreciate the short, pithy, press-approved blurb um, a little bit more. And I think it summarizes the film pretty darn well. So here goes. On the one-year anniversary of the longest shutdown in Broadway history, a multi-generational group of Broadway ensemble members come together to both dance and reflect on the year that was, and what the world's largest stage can learn from this intermission to come back for a stronger and more equitable act too. This behind-the-scenes look captures cast members from the biggest hits on Broadway as they come out of isolation to examine their love of performing and how they can be the change they want to see in the world and in the industry they love. Yep, that's Ensemble. I can't wait for you all to see it. Um, Hopefully you can see it on Broadway On Demand either this Friday on March 11th or beyond. Um, And I can't wait for you to hear Corey talk about it just a little bit more. Um, Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Kimberly. And as we always say, zoo bop. Bye, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But Corey, you are heavily featured in it um, as an ensemble member who is, uh, I mean, here's yourself. So let's take a step back. Um, the movie is essentially um, a, a group of ensemble members come together, uh, uh, documentary uh, style, um, and, and talk about their time during COVID and then being outside of the pro uh, the being outside of Broadway and, and how they're coping and and what changes they'd like to see. Um, mm-hmm. And you're heavily featured, so talk about your experience um, of making that movie and you know going back into a studio uh, and and you know for the first time after months and, and really moving and dancing with other bodies. I'd love to hear about your experience because uh, we've all seen it. Um, yeah, so I'd love to hear about your experience. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, I had a baby over the pandemic, so I was dealing with a lot of physical change outside of just the pandemic. And everyone was dealing yeah. with physical change, regardless of whether they yeah, sure. were the human or not. So I felt it threefold. Like there was just so much around like, oh my gosh, I've just had a baby. I haven't, I, I was dancing all through my pregnancy, but I hadn't danced really at all postpartum up until that point. Like I was just mm-hmm. trying to get back into shape. So um I had a lot of nervousness and fear around like, what is this going to be like? Am I, am I still going to be the same dancer? My body feels different. I'm going to be around all of these peers who I love and respect so much um, in this place where I feel so raw and so vulnerable. And I just don't feel fully like myself, but I also was so grateful for the opportunity to share space with these people, some of these people I knew from afar, but had never gotten to be able to sit down and have conversations with beyond like, Hey, I love your work, but like not actually getting to sit and really talk with them. So I just like, I had so many feelings around it. I was excited. I was nervous. I was terrified. I like, couldn't wait for it to happen. It was just so many things, but it was incredible to be able to be in a room with people for the first time and get to do a a dance class again and like have there be more than just you or at the time I, when I was pregnant, I was doing classes with like one or two other people in a space. Um, But to have all of these people be in one space and dancing and cheering for one another. And it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And And the pandemic was still like intense at that point. Like it was, it was definitely feeling like we were going down a little bit of a lull, but it was still scary to be around other people so yeah, sure. there was there was, there was still a time that it was the year anniversary of the shutdown yeah. right so not everyone had access to vaccines yet yep. mm-hmm. no one had really been in <clears throat> any sort of social situation in almost yeah. a year let yeah. alone I mean, we had the whole people the, the most social yeah yes 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 i mean and i didn't even think about the the vaccine part but we definitely had the the hope like we'll be able to get them soon, but it was still that feeling of like, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we're good. And, and, you know, they took every precaution. We all were tested and, mm-hmm. and we sat six feet apart from each other, you know, and we did the the best that we did could to keep everybody safe. But it was definitely still that moment where I think it's very different than where we are now. Um yeah. And I think that's important to know when watching the film that it, the the perspective at that time was very much like we didn't have return dates for our jobs. We were all still kind of living in this no man's land. So it was really incredible to be able to see other people in our in our industry and actually commiserate with them in person. You know, I have to say. I loved all the stuff you guys talked about. It was really like like a powerful conversation and great. But one of my favorite parts was a lot of the dancing because it was one of the first times that I ever saw like people dancing like that, where it literally felt like the scene in center stage where they (laughs) go to the ballet or like the ballet kids go to the the Broadway dance class. Yes. (laughs) And when she's like, and when she's like, just dance the shit out of it. And they all are like watching each other and cheering for each other. And like the yes. girls are doing like little like sexy flounces. 
bounces at like the very gay boys who are all like, yes. Like it was just like, that was what was happening. And I was like, Oh my God, that like, that scene is real. Like it can happen. All you have to do is take Broadway people away from each other for a year and let them see each other. And you've created that moment. Like you created that moment. We bottled the center stage moment. Yes. And it's real. I mean, we were all just like, and that, even that, hearing other people like cheering for you while you were dancing, like that's that felt like it was a normal thing pre-pandemic because when you're taking class with other dancers, that's what we do. Like we cheer each other on and especially dancers who've been around for a while. Like we know we're not taking class to compete with each other. We're just taking class to vibe and like enjoy the space. So it was really cool to experience that again, you know, and be able to show love to each other. Do you think that that helped to spur the conversation and to open up people's like vulnerability because of like opening up to each other physically in that way. Absolutely. Cause like I said, I think we all were feeling very insecure about dancing again. Like a lot, I I don't, we didn't really talk about this too much in the film, but we did talk about it before we started shooting that a lot of us were, had not taken any dance classes at all during this entire time. So you figure you go from either doing eight shows a week or taking a bunch of class or auditioning a bunch to literally zilch nothing you don't know if you can trust your body again to do the things it was doing before because you're at peak shape when you're doing eight shows a week. There's nothing more um, physical than doing that. And and I don't care what show you're in, you could be doing a a relatively non-physical show and you're still going to be in peak shape in some kind of way. Um, So we were all feeling like super nervous around just being around each other, dancing and like, are we all going to feel good about ourselves and what we're doing. So I think it was such a good icebreaker for all of us because by the time we got to the end of the class, everyone was just feeling so happy to be there that we were able to sort of strip off the armor and the protection mechanisms that we may have built up of around ourselves of keeping ourselves in this kind of isolated box. And we could actually communicate with each other physically. And then in turn, when we sat in the circle, we felt a lot more free to be open about what we were really feeling. I love that. Yeah. That's and great. Did you feel, I figure out how to ask the best way. Um, I'm going to ask something else instead. So what would you feel about? Like I keep thinking of like, it was such a snapshot of a moment in time and like a mindset if you came back now or like in two weeks when it is the two year anniversary of the shutdown, like how would that change the conversation in a way or does everything sort of still stand? I mean, I think a lot of the things that we talked about are, are still relevant. They still stand, you know, Broadway is back now and it wasn't a year ago. And it's actually really mm-hmm. crazy to think that like, mm-hmm. it'll be the two year anniversary. And just yeah. I just can't believe that. Um, but I think with Broadway being back, there's even more accountability that still needs to happen. And so a lot of the things that we were talking about Um, there have been some changes, but there have also been some things that have eased right on back into business as usual. So I think, you know, if we were able to sit and really have a conversation around that now, I'd be curious to hear from other people and their experiences, because a lot of people have moved on to other shows or Mm -hmm. 
Carla is now choreographing a lot more and is is not doing Hamilton anymore. So a lot of people have transitioned in other ways in the business. Yeah. So I would just be interested to sort of hear everyone's perspectives now, having been back in the world now for a year and sort of see what changes they may have felt, you know? Yeah. Which is why it's such a cool time for this movie to come out because now the viewer is in the mindset of watching what has changed or what like, happened while Broadway came back and you get to go back and be like, right. But there was a moment in time mm-hmm. where we were all kind of on the same page about things that needed to happen and things that yes. needed to change and sort of bringing that conversation back now after everyone just kind of went, we're back at work. Totally. <laughs> totally. Cause that was a whole, like, we didn't even have a chance to really recalibrate. And I think everybody mm-hmm all under the impression all of us got information from our different shows about like easing back into it and you know let's take our time and then all of a sudden it's like ah, we're back Tony's all the things and so there wasn't like a lot of breathing room to like really kind of access some of the trauma that we've all experienced and um kind of go through that and then really address some of the issues that came up during the during the hiatus so you know I think that it's it's a conversation that is ever evolving. It's continuing to to happen and grow. And I think the thing that we've really taken from, and I've really taken from Ensemble specifically, is that it just really helped me clarify that artists and specifically ensemble members are such an integral part of this business and so incredibly smart and um, knowledgeable and valuable. And that I just felt so grateful that they decided to really showcase our stories in that way because, you know, we were considered non-essential for so long, but we are, we are essential to, to so many people in not only the, the world, but specifically New York city and the pulse of New York city. So I just feel so grateful that this thing is about to be released into the world so that people can see a little bit of what we go through, like what our lives are like. Yeah, absolutely. And just to just a reminder, um, this Friday, March 11th, uh, Broadway on demand. uh, You can check out Ensemble. Again, it is a documentary uh, about the Broadway shutdown told from the perspective of ensemble members and Broadway shows um, talking about what they'd love to see change, what they miss. um, All done in a dance studio after a uh, the first time getting together to dance again. It's a beautiful film. It's a funny film. Um, we highly recommend it. Uh, Corey is just one of the many people who are ensemble members who are featured and telling their stories uh, throughout the documentary. So um, definitely would highly suggest it. Um, and uh, we'll be doing some more stuff about ensemble on Patreon as well. And are, just oh. go ahead, Kimberly. If you are a student or someone who recently graduated and you are looking for an insight into the business you want to be a part of, I think it's almost required viewing because the the conversations around just the business model of Broadway is fascinating and things that people should hear before they enter this workforce. And just for anybody out there who happens to be like me and have thought that a chorus line was a uh, farce kind of like <laughs> noises off 
to then discover it was basically what this movie is. It's really cool to watch this and be like, no, this is what Chorus Light is and tell your friends that instead of telling them that you thought it was a farce, like, <laughs> choices off, because then they'll all laugh at you. So watch this start movie. doing research instead of just like, well, based on the title and one song I've heard, <laughs> That's what this musical's about. I have made a decision about this entire musical. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yep. So just watch this movie and you'll be like, oh, this is what a chorus line was based off of, was bringing people together and talking. So obviously, if you can make that kind of magic, uh, this movie is something you definitely want to check out for the new generation of magic makers on Broadway. Awesome. Well, uh, should we play a game? Yes. Sure. <laughs> Um, I made up a very silly game in my head on the subway home from work uh, <laughs> called because now we can, can, can. Oh my and God. <laughs> I have awesome. um, some older shows in my Lights of Broadway show card pile. When it's your turn, I'll grab a show for you. Um, and then you get to choose something from present day that we can do now that we couldn't have done when this show was originally on Broadway to add to that show, whether it is a specific writer, a casting choice, um, a technological advancement that you think might be cool. Um, you know, all, doing all of Gypsy in the metaverse through an Oculus. Something like, wow. Just really go for something that we can only do now. Got it. Uh, Brian, do you want to go first? Uh, Kevin can go first. Oh, Kevin, uh, just do my favorite game of say when. Uh, when? on the roof speaking of shows you don't know Yay! Anything about. I, I learned about it's another one it's another one that i thought was a farce a lighthearted comedy like, about five daughters tricking their father that's what i thought i thought it was about like three daughters tricking their father into letting them marry whoever they want and at the Incorrect. end he was like darn you tricked me and then i was like no this is so much sadder okay so i just take something feather on the roof that didn't have when it was an original production that they could use now yes great Okay, that I think would really help the production. Yes. D- debatable. Okay. <laughs> debatable. <laughs> what okay. do you think would be cool? <laughs> okay. Um, I think that it would be really cool to do a production of Fiddler on the Roof where there is a, um, like a, a screen, like a la Dear Evan Hansen, where those screens are moving around all the time. But it's, you know how, like, the Dear, Dear Evan Hansen screens are, like, uh, go up from the stage and then they slide along? These yes. ones would be, like, parallel to the stage. So they would be moving almost like flat, like, like flats up and down. Um, but it would constantly be, like, a black and white drawing of a fiddler. And I feel like you would use this big screen and put it in different places around the stage. And like, so no matter what's happening, the fiddler is kind of like playing or responding to what's happening in the action. Like as like, almost like how like, like a, like a, tw- a Tinkerbell is in like the background of like Peter Pan kind of a thing, like a, like that. But it's just like, you use that to kind of make your, um, I don't know. I, I just feel like that would be a cool set choice to use that. Like a, little, a little fiddler man. Brian, would you like a turn? Yeah, let's do this. Say when. When. Wicked. Oh. oh. Uh, 
Wicked is done like you with can't drones. pull from the Hamburg production. Wicked is now done with uh, drones and maybe like jetpacks or something. Wow. Um, Okay. Yeah, Yeah, you're. She's actually flying around. Uh, The whatever magic they were using in Aladdin, we just take over here. No, Uh, (laughs) straight up magic. The straight up magic. Uh, No, I think you do drones. I think that uh, with like, is it, is it, wait, 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 let me take a step back. Is it the production or when it takes place? The production. The production. Wait, what do so, you So, okay. So like, it's something that they didn't have in like the early 2000s. As exactly. Opposed yeah. to, something they didn't have in 2003. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you would throw yeah. into it now. Yeah, I guess they had drones or maybe they didn't. I don't know when drones became more droney. The government drones. has had drones for many, many years. Well, that's what that I'm thinking. They've been used at like the Super Bowl. Not for Broadway stuff. theaters, yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Like so I'm going to go with dr- drones. I'm going to go with drones. And uh, we can do it one of two ways. Um, mm-hmm. She's being carried around by drones, <laughs> or the drones. The drones are the set, so like they move together, like they did in Spider Man Far From Home. Oh my uh, god, oh, I haven't seen that yet. Ugh. No, the set the one with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, okay, yeah. oh, right. So, yeah. like, like, oh, yeah, the, with the projections and their with drones the flying stuff. around with Mysterio okay, okay. stuff. I mean, yeah. he was a director essentially in that movie. Um, yeah, and so she's flying around. Maybe you do something like with the tornado with that, with um. When Dorothy comes in, you can use the drone for like maybe the dragon and the clock. You can like add more of that to the show. You can have flying monkeys flying around the auditorium. Her, obviously. Um, Going back like, to the actress flying on drones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. She's still flying on drones. Um, They're like in her shoes. Like, how is this work? Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I haven't figured it out. I think that like she's on a platform and the drones are holding her up or something like that. Equity um, will figure it out. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. As they as they do. Um, uh, I will. I'm going with drones. I think Wicked with drones would be wild. <laughs> Great. I love that you're like in summation drones. Drones. Yeah, drones. Oh, yeah. drones. Honestly, I'll buy a ticket to see that. I'm curious. Yeah. 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 I'll do it. You're you're welcome, everyone. Yeah, the yeah. review. Uh, Wicked drones on drones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Corey, would you like a turn? Yes. All right. Go ahead and say when. When. Sweeney Todd. Oh my God! I've never Ooh. seen that musical. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to try another one? Yeah, yeah, another one. Okay, say when. <laughs> when. You like Camelot or My Fair Lady? I was on Let's both of them. My Fair Lady. Great. My Fair Lady. Hmm. My Fair Lady. I just want to let you know an option is drones. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think that, can you imagine if like when he was singing The Rain in Spain, they like had drones rain. as rain. Oh my God. And like, yes. like Eliza, get my slippers. She's like, let the drones get it for you. <laughs> like, 
I, just drones exist in the world, not even yeah, helping. Oh, yeah. Okay. In my fair lady, he owns drones. It's drones. not that the drones are a part of this. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's yeah. no longer an English teacher. He's an He has a drone shop. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. I can't. It's a drone shop. Honestly, yeah, drones a- work for all of these musicals. <laughs> <laughs> You put drones in, upgrade. That yeah. win. The Honestly, I was thinking drones. holograms. Yes. I think holograms would be interesting. You could oh. bring in people from the past to play that play the Just role. Starring Rex Harrison again. <laughs> what? Let's do a hologram. A hologram yeah. up there, lady. And it changes every night who the hologram is. Yes. What? Wait, wait, wait. Whoa. Whoa, wait. What if in the rest. show, what if you use a hologram for Eliza and the show is about how drones? He, no, he, <laughs> he's challenged, he's challenged that he can't make a holographic, not real woman come off like a real person at a party. And so he's, tra- oh. so when he's training her, he's programming her, programming but also, her. but also building like the, the, Hologram to be better and better with imaging, so that the, at the end, so he, we're giving that, Eliza less agency in this revival, right? So it's, <laughs> right. So it's more She's about, in fact, fake. Correct. It's more about seeing <laughs> if he can make a holographic woman seem like a real person at a party. But turns out he was the hologram all along. Yes. <laughs> or, or first of all, okay, I got two things to say. First of all. You have to do drones. The, the drones. <laughs> so the drone. So you get Julie Andrews to reprise her role on Broadway, but the drones de-age her in a real time. Oh, whoa! That's but they one. Project the age like that's yeah. some, like that's some real Mysterio, like Benjamin Button. Yeah, yes. 100%. Oh, no, you just do a Benjamin Button musical and you do it that way. <laughs> um, also, I now need to see a production of Sunday in the Park with George where Act Two is about drones. <laughs> Chromaloon. The Chromaloon I mean, is drones, and then you have a drone projection of him, kind of similar to the what the revival did. Um, like, what was it? 15 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. Like, um, that's what I also want. This game is now, how do you add drones to a music? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's actually, we changed the game, Kimberly. We the changed game. it. It's fine. My turn. Let's add a drone. <laughs> Someone to give me a say when. About drones. When? when? Uh. I will add drones to Smokey Joe's Cafe. Oh, my God. <laughs> The drones in Smokey Joe's Cafe. Easy. That the shit, the like the shimmy dress. Like all her, drones. Drones. <laughs> the drone dress. When she like shakes that like fringy dress, it's all drones. And then mm-hmm. when she like shakes them off one at a time, and then oh, it's like a costume like, reveal. It's a costume reveal. Oh my god! All the costumes. And then, <laughs> and then, and and then those costumes. drones go over and like peel the costumes away from everyone else oh and God. then they're her backup dancers. There's oh gotta God. be one guy in the audience who's like, that has to be the last one. There can't be another one in that dress. And she shimmies again and it pops like, no! There's another one! Like, There's that one guy who like, it's like 
every morning is Christmas morning, but it surprises him when a yeah. new drone comes out. Wait, and then like, bring them all of their drinks because they're in the cafe. And then yes. every song oh. is in a completely different bar because the world you- changed yeah. the set. Okay, hear me out. I got two okay. ideas. What if every seat has like an ordering platform? Like in a movie theater or whatnot, and then the drones serve you drinks from the bar from on the stage. bar on stage. Oh my yes. god, that's amazing! Oh my god, one. Wait, hold on, hold on, Corey. Do you want to be in a show where while you're singing, drones are flying around yes. your head with yes. gin and tonics? Yes. <laughs> also, I do. But you might get one by accident. Yes, I absolutely. Totally do. separate from this. <laughs> uh, the Nutcracker ballet with drones, where like the oh big dress God. and everything flies out from underneath it. Uh, and the that Christmas be, tree gets big. Oh, oh the the Christmas speed drone. Uh, Christmas. Yeah. The dolls are drones. They're all Can you drones. Imagine like the, the sugar plum. The rats. The rats. rats oh, the rats. The rats and the soldier fights. Yes. I really, I want all of us to sit down. We no, six year old ballerinas. I, we have drones. I want us all to do a presentation in front <laughs> no of all the biggest. The nutcracker again. No, all the biggest producers on Broadway. We're going to get a, a meeting with them and we're going <laughs> to pitch a show. And we're like, all right, listen to us. Ready? Listen to us. <laughs> drones. <laughs> yeah, Picture literally, this. we'll be like, drones. Pick, pick whatever show you want. Drones. drones. <laughs> a show that's already running. We'll hit. pop them instant in. Instant hit, y'all. Instant hit. <laughs> You're gonna Circle tell me all drones. Yeah. You're gonna tell me that Hugh Jackman wouldn't want drones in his show. <laughs> I doubt that. You want drones. drones? Yeah. Yes. He doesn't get them instruments. He gets some drones. Instead of 76 <laughs> yeah. drones. 76 drones. Trom drones. Oh, yeah. new drones in the music. This is great. <laughs> oh, I'm obsessed with drones. Great. That's what we That's what we can, can, can do now. Oh, we're brilliant. I'm just We saying. are. I well, love that we just changed that game. <laughs> yeah, we said, you know what? The game is actually drones. How this do you add a, drones? It's a game of drones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We did it, guys. I'm proud of well, us. Well, on that note, that does bring us to the end of our episode. <laughs> um thank you so much for joining us. Check out Ensemble this um Friday um on <clears throat> Broadway on demand. Um uh it's great. Uh featuring Corey here. Um and then uh Corey, where else can we find you? What else is happening? Oh, you can find me on the good old social medias. Um, <laughs> you can find me on social media, KMR8787 on the Insta. I've just joined the TikTok. Ooh. I thought I was too old, but I've done it. Um, same handle, KMR8787. And then you, you also- have your own podcast. You have the gift of Gab yes. as well, right? Yes, I have the gift of Gab as well. My Gab? <laughs> Does she need a drone? She's a drone. <laughs> She's a drone. Uh, love it. <laughs> um, myself and um, three other beautiful Broadway mamas um, who all had their babies during the pandemic. We have started a podcast called Mother. We are on Spotify. We also have a YouTube channel and we have an Instagram page as well. Um, if you want to follow us there, but we talk about all things 
um, new motherhood along with being an artist and juggling being a working artist, specifically in New York City while raising a child. So it's a very interesting listen, I think. Um, and we are all also Black women. So that's an interesting perspective that we bring as mm-hmm. well. So Love it. Listen to us there. Fantastic. Uh, well, yeah. thank you for, for joining us. You can follow us at Broad Wasted on social media, Twitter, Instagram. Join our Facebook group for some theater nerdy stuff. Um, you can find us on Patreon. We're going to be talking more about Ensemble on Patreon. Um, you can find us wherever podcasts are found, like Spotify, uh, like Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five, Five stars, stars, please. please. And thank you. Uh, we end every episode with a quote. And today's quote is, what I did for drones, what I did for drones. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well um, done. But we end every episode, we raise a glass, and we say, Cheers. Cheers. Drones. What I did for drones. What I did for drones. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.